Gaming and BS episode 301 being recorded Monday, July 6th, 2020. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad everybody's around. Sean, how are you, brother? I'm I'm all right, I guess, all things considered. How are you, Brett? Not bad. I had a, uh, took a little extra vacation time, so I had myself a five-day weekend. Wow. Uh, last could... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. I feel, uh, feel pretty well rested. I feel like I don't give a shit about work today. <laughs> it was hard to go back. But a lot of other people took today off, so it was a really quiet day at the virtual office. So it was kind of nice. Yeah, How I about took you? Today off. I took today, today yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Did you get any gaming in over the weekend? I did. Mister Jason Hobbs ran the um, the BX game that we play in every Sunday. Last Sunday we had off. This Sunday, and then of course, since we recorded episode three hundred last week, I wrapped up my mothership game on Thursday. How'd that go? Good ending. It was okay. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the way that I wanted it to go, but it it was okay. I, th- I think the guys were all uh, fairly satisfied with how it went. I, I told them like, "Hey, this is. I got to wrap it." There was a dialogue, which is kind of unfortunate because when there's a dialogue, it's all kind of, "Oh, hey, you know, if you want to, just let us know, and we'll." And and so it was good to have the dialogue mm-hmm. because. Then you could say, okay, nobody's going to get bent out of shape about it ending sooner or anything. And and the guys were all like, yeah, if you want to just hang this up, that's cool. As and, and most were kind of preferring it, actually. Like, I prefer to hang it up if, you know, because I... Well, I'll tell you, man, so, from what you've said about that one, I think if you were going to set that up to be a campaign, I think you'd have to set up to make it a campaign campaign. You know what I'm saying? A long right. play session. You could... Take uh, take a uh, you know a tip from the Aliens franchise, mm-hmm. and follow a character or a series of storylines arcs, and wake up ten years later, wake up twenty years later. Oh my God! There's lots of things you can do. You can get really you can rip the rip off shit from all over the place. And you can get pretty creative on your own right, but especially first time through, I think you did the right thing, man. Went through, yeah. played. Everybody seemed to have a hell of a good time. So yeah, wrap it up. Yeah. It was good. I think uh, it was a learning experience. I've never run Mothership before, so I know the system a little bit better. I I uh, I think I the, whenever I run something that is pre-published, whether I use it or not, I even told the guys, I'm like, look, so if somebody wants to say that they're going to run Mothership Dead Planet and you aren't sure whether you should or not because that's what I was running, go ahead and do it because I can guarantee – you will not have the same experience at all, like because I didn't use half of it. So um, I'll tell you, man. To me, a good setup environment, pre-published anything is lets you inspire and do things. And what you just did, in my opinion, dude, that's just good game master stuff right there. You went with what you needed to go with. Everybody had a good time, yourself included. If some knucklehead is like, oh, but you weren't on page two when we should have been on page two, um, well, <laughs> they're not going to like your game anyway, man. Right. So I uh, last Tuesday I was supposed to run my Avalon game, had some technical difficulties. 
I was really pissed off from work. I had a complete hissy fit and canceled my game at the last minute. I'm done. And I almost threw my laptop out a window. Wow. I was so pissed. I was so pissed. I don't know what the hell happened. I can't reproduce the problem. Everything seems to be working fine now. But I completely lost my shit. And my, my buddies are like, you okay? I'm like, I am not okay, and I don't know why right now. And then I had a five-day weekend. I feel so much better now. Holy crap, do I feel better. So, yeah, I needed some time off, apparently. A little stressed out. However, um, while I was in, uh, up at the cabin with AJ, um, we played some Dungeon Quest, some old old school Games Workshop Dungeon Quest. That was a blast. That's the game. I don't, I've not played the newer version of it, but that's the one where you can lose because you draw a bad tile. You could both lose. You could both. So he won, I won, and we had a draw. We both died. Um, then we played Dungeon, uh, Dave McGarry's board game from back in the day. I think we have the 80, not the original version, but like the one in between, uh, the second edition version of it. And uh, that was fun too. Had a good time there. Then I got to go up north. Shoot bows, wander around the woods. It's freaking hot. Holy crap, dude. I don't know where our listeners are, but uh, I went for a hike today with AJ because he's getting ready for his black belt test and I want to make sure he's getting ready, you know, endurance-wise and whatnot. So I threw my uh, threw my 40-pound pack on him. We went for three, three miles. You put and a 40-pound pack on him and went three miles? No, I do. I oh. wear that. I don't do that to him. Christ, he doesn't weigh I think he weighs 100 pounds. I put a, that's like half his body weight. I yeah. can't do that to him. That's good training, I do though. it. Good I training. Do it. I do it because I'm a big fat guy who needs to lose some weight and get in better shape. But anyway, so I did. I'm like, ah, it's hot out there. That'll be fine. They'll bring some water. We'll be fine. <laughs> Two miles in, I'm like, this sucks. Holy Christ. I just want to throw this pack in the ditch and walk on. This sucks drank all the water he was dragging i was dragging he wasn't wearing a pack or anything but uh yeah holy crap that was exhausting i got home and susan's like what's because it's 101 degrees outside you idiots like ah that's that would be the problem plus the humidity so doing that again unless i check the temp holy crap was that warm yeah (sighs) let's see here do 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 anything New, let's let's talk about announcements, man. How is the how's the new channel go? The the gaming BS replacement YouTube experience. <laughs> how are you doing? And I got, um, all I all I ask is I, I get two weeks notice. That's all I, I think, ask. I think I'm gonna do I'm gonna do chases next because I think that's always a fun one to do. And then it's just a matter of which one. So I think I may I probably will start out with Savage Worlds chases, and then I'll probably do Knights Black Agents chases or Gumshoe. And then I may do nice black agent chases else. would be good. I've experienced yeah. it once, and it is a very codified, you know, it's a very specific set of rules, right? Designed to give a thriller chase effect. So it'd be interesting to have you go through that one and look at the camera and go, "Ah, that seems thrilling," or "No, that doesn't seem thrilling at all," or whatever the case is. I'm trying to. I want to get like I've mentioned this. I want to get in my groove and I want to figure out how best to video, like visually present it. So do I draw little things on the actual video where I, and then matchbox cars, man. Yeah. Matchbox cars, whatever. And then put numbers next to them. Or do I just put numbers up on the video? It's, it's a, it's an aesthetic thing that I'm getting hung up on and I shouldn't be, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. An an interesting thing too. Now I'm much like we've done for 300 episodes. You you can retread some ground on this dude. Well, and yeah, this is, my next one is like, what, episode, yeah, like episode vid- two or yeah, three? three or four, yeah, yeah. The cool thing, though, is that 
whatever you're doing to show somebody, it might almost be interesting if you said, if I was going to run this, this is how I draw it out for my players. Right. I really think that, and even if you, at the end of it, you go, wow, if I was going to redraw this, I would do it like this as a learning experience. But I think that's a piece. Sometimes there is a very perfect world stylized. This is how the chase should be sketched out. When in fact, sometimes you're like, I forgot the, I don't have my matchbox cars. I don't have the ruler. Okay, I have a pencil and uh, this sticky note. I need to make a chase scene. <laughs> you know, I have the rules. I forgot my props or something isn't right or whatever the case is. So I think there's there's value in that, man. Yeah. All right. So what else we got? Virtual Game Hole Con. It's moving forward. That's the big thing. So that's November 5th through 8th. Sean, you, you're going to do some mothership I hear? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to commit to at least one game of Mothership. I'll probably make it. Uh, I'll probably make it up. And uh, the only tricky thing I need to keep in mind is just the time. Like I, how long a session? Four hours, I'm sure. But I have to make it so it fits into a four hour four session. Four hour block. Yeah. So I may do that. I may do forget about it. Um, but I think I'm committed to like probably two games, running at least two games, and then I think we'll set up a virtual meetup for anybody that wants to join. I don't know if I will submit that through GameholeCon and that's okay, or if I'll need to do it just through the show and on, on the sly. Okay. How it's off-grid. I've got to figure out if I'm going to do something. I'm pretty sure I should. Yeah. Um, I have to admit on a the virtual con, like, eh, it just doesn't, like, I don't feel as jazzed about it. However, after running more games online and, uh, and all that good stuff. I'm like, you know, it'd be a good time. People yeah. who sign up for it are going to be cool gamers that we usually see or we usually interact with at GameholeCon. They'll just be, you know, won't be able to shake hands and give hugs to the people. We'll be like, oh, my God, dude, haven't seen you. Oh, oh, so good to see you. That won't happen in person. But, hey, if we can get it going virtually, why not? So <sighs> I got to knuckle down and get some shit together. Nothing but else I, uh, run an Avalon game or two. So if I finished up Mothership, so I have to post my next game to the patrons and see what that looks like. I mean, I think we have – I started looking at Delta Green. So there's a couple ways, and I'm having run Mothership online, and it's very kind of quick character creation I'm going to do. Uh, first of all, I got to gain interest, like who wants – who's up for it. So if I you get do pre four players – Well, right. But first of all, I – if I say, hey, I'm going to run Delta Green, and everybody's like, hey, that's nice, and I don't get anybody, well, then chirp, I'll have chirp, to switch chirp, it up. Chirp. Right. <laughs> so that's one thing. I'll put it out there, Delta Green, and then the night of the week for people to make sure that they can make it. And then based on that, I will probably do free pre-gens as well as allow people to make their own, and then I'm going to run them through a pre-published module, of course, because that's how I roll. And hopefully, depending on when I – read that and absorb it all, I will try to set a predetermined, like, hey, can you commit to Two X sessions, amount of three weeks? sessions. Yeah. It's, it's hard because I was starting at 8 o'clock at night, and I'd try to wrap up by 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So two, two-and-a-half-hour sessions, you get stuff done, but it they're short. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get... I mean, even a one-shot at a con's typically four hours. I'll tell you, man, there is, I, I have found so far, maybe I'm just really lucky, but when I'm running an online game, if it's a one shot, it goes fast. It just feels like so much happens in a couple hours. 
And maybe I've been, like I said, really lucky that no one's dicking around and just fucking off and not paying attention. But it, the people I've been gaming with have been uh, really dialed in and want to go. So that's fun. My biggest problem right now for the BSers to run another game is I'm just trying to get something fucking scheduled. My my schedule's a mess. Gotta make time, dude. I know. Well, I mean, like, it's. I like say this, that because it, you know, nothing's yeah, know. ever going to become available, right? Well, I know. I'm like, oh, I could do something this weekend. And I thought about that, and I remembered. Oh yeah, my uh, my daughter Rhiannon is moving into a new apartment in Madison, so I'm I'm moving this weekend. So neat. I'm not gonna be killing me, Sean, because it's gonna be really I'm, hot. I appreciate that, and I'm running two of annihilation on Saturday. That'll wrap it all up. Hopefully. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that'll be an all dayer, and that 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 should be done. So literally, like two games that Sean out of three that he's four that he's in are. Like ending, Rapping. boom, bam, like all at once. So it's just a matter of, and then I don't know what I'm going to run Jeff and those guys through. Like, I don't know if they're going to want me to run, if somebody else wants to run. Nobody's stepped up to say, hey, I want to run. I want to be a GM, but we'll see. So I don't, I don't know what that looks like. And if somebody wants to, then great. Yeah. What I'm going to end up doing kind of in that vein of just, as you said, just get to say it. I'm going to find a day and say, hey, I'm going to run, I can run something this day. Who's in? And we'll see what happens. People can't make it, they can't make it. If it's a no-go, it's a no-go, but I'll just start throwing days that I can't make it. So I got my Stars Without Number game tomorrow night. Crystal. Nice. Yeah, Crystal's running that game. That's the the doc group I refer to them as. Cool. All right, man, I think that's enough about us commiserating about our schedules and crap. No one cares about that. Um, Random Encounter, shall we? Let's move on. Yeah. Let's pretend we have a show. Let's get into Random Encounters. So the first one we have is Mr. Frank House. This is the Iron GM, Frank. House. Iron GM, Eric Frankhouse leaves us a, a voicemail. Uh, so, and it's it's high quality, of course, all it the is. way around. Quality sound, quality audio, quality topic. It's Frankhouse, man. Gonna be huge. Gonna be huge after Fourth of July. <laughs> Good <laughs> Eric Frank. <laughs> That's Good enough. Of that. Eric Frankhouse, call in. That's enough of that. Let's go. <laughs> Hey, Brett and Sean, this is Eric from EFP calling to say happy 300 and with a little bit of talk about your GMing episode. So there's a few things uh, that I listened to that I think I might be able to help with. One, spell component pouches. It's pretty simple to me. Yes, they always refresh unless you're playing in a game where that part of the game should be monetary or um, uh, should create tension. If you're doing dungeon crawling, put a day limit on it. Just say, hey, you get X amount of long rest with it to get your spells back. Find that makes tension for both players and clerics, um, especially with holy symbols, that they need to re-bless it or they need to go back and buy new things. Uh, Underdark stuff's a really good sample of that. Deserts, like you'd mentioned. Also in GMing, I think style of GMing is important. That's why your players play with you. And for myself, and I learned this just from actually doing conventions, I believe in listening to the table and asking a few questions when you start. The first thing I usually ask is, what type of tabletop RPG do you like? Do you like a lot of role play? Do you like combat? Do you like a mix? Sometimes you'll get all combat with one role player, but usually they say mix. And then I know where I'm going with from there. I'll ask if they've played that game before, and I'll ask if there's a mechanic they really like about that game. When someone says they love a mechanic about that game, you immediately know they are into a certain part of the system you're playing. If it's 5e and how spells work, if it's Pathfinder 2 and they love how skills work, those are things you can work into your style of GMing and then put your flavor on top. 
I think I've also learned a lot that when a designer designs a set piece or a, a an actual game itself, Blades in the Dark, uh, Apocalypse World, Monster Hearts, uh, Invisible Sun, there are mechanics in there that they have put in, even if I first don't like them, I try to use them and really pick up the way they run a game. And the reason being is I think that they've designed it a certain way and maybe it should be run that way. Now, granted, I still have my vibrato and my style that I slather the damn thing in, but I make sure that I'm doing the things, for example, in Blades in the Dark, they have you ask questions a lot. Instead of narrating to the players right off the bat, you are asking them questions on how they want to change the scene. So it's like giving them the ability to see what's going to happen, rewind, and edit it through their roles. I love this style of play, and I believe someone had talked about uh, running Mothership. That's another one where those random roles and the things that are involved and how horror work is an important part of the game. And if you dial those up and really lean into them, it helps out. If I'm doing a new game, a brand new thing has come out, like Pathfinder 2, for example, I like to take one to two episodes and focus on a mechanic in the game uh, that I really enjoy or I see the players are enjoying, or if it's just something new and different from the old system to kind of ingrain it in our head. If it's a short-term six-episode arc, maybe I'll pick three things that I really like. But if it's long-term, I'll do two things or two sessions back-to-back -back with the same rule that I really like. I find that players enjoy this and it, it lets them enjoy their level and what is being brought to the table. But enough of that. We're here to talk about your 300th episode. You guys have been putting out week after week amazing, amazing content. And anyone I know in the industry who either is working in it or playing in it, I recommend your show. To me, it's a uh, it's something you grow with. You guys have been doing this for so long now that I feel we as an audience have grown with you. And I'm glad to say you're my friends, but also just to see you guys survive and improve for 300 episodes. So here's to another 300, and whenever conventions are back in town, shots on me. It won't be Malort. Love you guys. Keep on rocking. Yeah, Jesus Christ, no more. No more. Oh, I God. was wondering if he was going to mention, mention the Malort. Oh, oh God, God. That shit's terrible. No, Frank House, man, thank you, brother. That yeah. is super sweet of you. That Thanks is really so nice. much, Eric. Very Appreciate kind. it. Yep. So check out Eric. Uh, I think he's got EFP, EFP on Anchor is his podcast. Like Eric Frank House presents is his his moniker, and he's an Iron GM, multi multi win winning. Eric's Iron got GM. a really good. Um, a really good kind of a method, right? And that's a piece that sometimes I have trouble with. I know other friends of mine have trouble with sometimes is capturing the lightning and saying, hey, how do I do this thing? And one of the things that Eric has done really well when he and I have talked in person at cons and stuff like, hey, I did this. How did you do that? Let's say, well, I just did. He goes, no, hang on a second. Let's break that apart. So he's got a really good tactical brain for tearing apart how he's doing something. You can hear that when he, when he how he spoke there. And that's a piece that I like about it. I like about his perspective. And I think also like Randy Farmer does that, you know, hey, this is how the system works. This is why I'm doing it this way. It's interesting to to take those moments and have that self-reflection as we did in that, you know, what's my GM style episode. Sometimes you find out shit like, huh, I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, I do this thing. Why are you doing that? I have no idea. Last Tuesday, why was I angry? I have no fucking idea. Probably just stressed out from work. But sometimes it it takes a moment to step back. It's not always easy to uh, 
to attack a new game system or, or change things up that we've talked about there. So that's good stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah. You good? I'm good, dude. All right, you can read the next one. Alrighty then. So Matt V writes in and comments on episode 300, relying on NPCs. I want to do a big write-in soon off some previous episodes, but it may be a few weeks still and wanted to get something in. Lots of great episodes, ladies and gentlemen. So two weeks is the final session of my Mutant Year Zero game. Right now, the PCs and about 16 NPCs are all traveling to the last area. They can use these NPCs as characters as it's a tough dungeon. To create pressure early on, they will run into a trap that will likely trap at least five to eight of the PCs and NPCs in a prison on a lower floor. They have pretty close bonds with all these characters at this point. Most everything takes four hours in Mutant Year Zero. If they decide to rest or build something, I'm going to very adamantly and blatantly remove one captured character randomly from the pile. <laughs> or if they just take too long screwing around, dicking around. I'm even debating on just ripping them up as long as it's not a PC. I think that should work. I feel your recent episodes inspired me to come up with the idea. Hopefully it works. Some things get better with age. Not saying you guys in the show are one of those things, just pointing it out. Here's to another hundred at least. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Very yeah, kind of you. Thanks, Matt, man. I like that idea. The um, One of the things you stated there, they have pretty close bonds with all these characters. So the cool part about that is that whoever gets trapped, they want to rescue them. They don't want to see them die. And once something happens, you go, oh, you know, Ted? Yeah, crumple, crumple. Ted's dead. Oh, 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 I like that guy. Oh, well, maybe we ought to, oh, now she's gone. Oh, you know, you can, you can see the, you can see the tears at the table. You're going to need to get a big saucer to catch those in so you can drink them later. But wow, that's, that's cool. I do like the idea of ripping them up. <laughs> that's just, it's such a level of, or a crumple, a burn, something that's really like final, final about that character sheet. That's awesome. Thank you, Matt. Very good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Got two mats this week. Oh my god, that was Matt V. This is the other mats, or one of the other mats. He emailed us about multiple ability checks in 5e. Hey guys, love the podcast. I was just reading through the 5e Dungeon Master's Guide, something Sean and I apparently need to continue to do. Refreshing myself on things and picking up some of the great inspiration to be found in there when I came to the section on ability checks. Under the section on multiple ability checks is the following advice. Sometimes a character fails an ability check and wants to try again. In some cases, a character is free to do so. The only real cost is the time it takes. With enough attempts and enough time, a character should eventually succeed at the task. To speed things up, assume that a character spending 10 times the normal amount of time needed to complete a task automatically, automatically succeeds at the task. However, no amount of repeating the check allows a character to turn an impossible task into a successful one. Now, as 5e has been my entry game into the hobby, I don't have the burden of confusing different additions that some of you elder statesmen might suffer from. Same. Um, but if you were worried about having players take 10 or take 20 and then realizing it wasn't part of 5e, well, it seems like maybe it kind of is. Anyway, I just wanted to point out the section to you guys and anyone else who, like myself, doesn't want the characters to miss that secret door they know is there or watch the fighter with 20 strength fail to open the sarcophagus that shouldn't be an issue just because of a bad roll. Or worse, yet sit through roll after roll until the PCs finally do the thing we all knew they should have been able to do anyway. 
Thanks, guys. You're to 300 more. Matt. Matt, I actually had this conversation with my son today while we were walking in the extreme heat and bemoaning the fact that we were walking in extreme heat. Um, AJ told me he's very strongly in the camp that if any time there's a climb check, you should always make a roll because there's a chance you could fall down or get hurt somehow. I said, oh, interesting. Then we talked about this very thing where is it dramatic to do that? Does it matter? And so on. He kind of got it, but he's like, you know what, though? I still want them to suffer, <laughs> which is a good sign for a game master. <laughs> If they fail, I said, well, man, there's a couple ways to do that. We talked about the idea of, hey, it takes too long. The bad guys show up. Uh, rope burn equals two points of damage while you're skittering down the rope or you fall and take D6. There's lots of ways to cause pain other than I fell off the rope. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, but um, I like this. That you, basically, you are right, Matt. I read what you just wrote into us here, quoting from the dmg from 5e and yeah it's basically a take 10 take 20 scenario it's just saying time and if you're using random encounters hey guess what time is time's just another roll of that d6 for random random monster right so i like it i like it matt that's good stuff i love the fact that you're that you're gaming dude i mean i know you could saying elder statesman i appreciate the fact that we're older and we've been doing it longer but the fact that you're doing this, and you're running, and you're digging the rules and finding gems like that. You're like, ah, oh, crap, I forgot that's there. That is a, that's good, man. That means you're hooked. The hobby's got you. And uh, it's a damn good hobby. Glad to have you here. Yeah, Matt. Anything Thanks else? for writing in. Anything else, Sean? No. Cool. Let's get into the main topic. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's do so. Alrighty then. You ready? Brett, yeah. What's uh, what's the inspiration of this uh, topic, Brett? So we've been talking about GM style and RTFM and uh, all this crap, and I thought, you know, this poor bastard. I'm thinking about writing my own damn game system. Oh. <laughs> Which the first thing that it does is that it that's the reaction you get usually. Because like. Why would anybody want to do that? Oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. So I thought there uh, there's a lot of good reasons, I think, or maybe just some somebody might think it's a good reason. Somebody might think it's not a reason. But I think it'll be interesting as we talk through this, Sean. I actually think that some people see it as a forbidden thing to do. And we'll, we'll touch on that as we go through here. So you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. I got a question for you right off the bat. Have oh. you ever thought about doing this yourself? Have you ever said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my own fantasy art breaker. I'm going to make my own spy game. I'm going to make my own whatever. Have you ever thought about doing that? I've asked myself and told myself that if I ever wanted to make a game, RPG game system... To slap you, myself. We did. You did make me promise to punch you. Much well, like, yeah, I can't remember which uh, which movie it was when Dick Butkus was trying to help uh, the one guy quit smoking. And every time he lit up, Dick Butkus would appear and punch him in the face. <laughs> which is basically what Sean asked me to do. Um, anyway. I, uh, I've, I, it has piqued my curiosity in saying, hey, I would like to do something, but then I realize how much work it is, and then I'm like, ah, that's okay. 
That's is okay. it so it's a work thing that throws you off? It's a work thing, and I don't think I would come up with anything overly original, not that you would have to, because I know there's systems out there that, you know, beg, borrow, and steal from other ones. And, and you know, it's funny. My old buddy Randy, I don't talk about Randy much uh, on the show, but he's he's one of the guys that got me back into D&D after, like, a 15-year hiatus. Mm-hmm. And he... And I had gone to Jenna Con a couple times, but he, one of the things he wanted to do was write his own system, and he was in the midst of doing that. I think we went to Gen Con in 2011 together, if I'm not mistaken, or it might have been like a year before that. And he, his thoughts were, he, he, it sucked the life out of him going to Gen Con because the things that he thought were innovative or, or interesting, he's coming across that it's actually been done. Yeah, so there's the nothing new under the sun. Everybody steals from everybody. Every poet's a thief. This is how this works. But I, right? it it is, but I don't think there is something to be, I mean, you can't just say everything's been done. We, we shouldn't do it because then we don't mm-hmm. get cool new games. We also don't have, well, that's cool for that thing and that's cool for that thing, but I would like to bring them together, whether you Peanut use them or smash and chocolate. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Smash them together or use them the way they are, but in your own game, in your own setting. And so, yeah. So that's one of my one of my letter points here in the notes. So we'll get to a part of what your buddy ran into. But so I'll I'll start with this, and then I'll have you poke some holes on me here as I go through here. Now, is there is there? I haven't read through all the notes. Well, that's but fine. Are you? I mean, is this something you're serious about, or yeah? I'm basically poking I'll, around. I'll, so I'll t- I'll tell you what I want to do here. Okay. So basically, I've gotten to a point where I know what I like, what my group likes to do. I know my I know how I like to run, and. There's a point where I'm sick of looking for a new system. Like, this one does most of it, but I sure miss this thing. Boy, if this only did X, I'd be happier. Or blah, blah, blah. We've talked about looking for systems many times in the past. Sometimes, and I've also said this, one of the reasons I got heavier into game mastering is because I got sick of people doing it wrong around me. (laughs) Doing it wrong is a strong statement, but it was, man, if I was running this game, I would have done this, or this would have been a a cooler thing to have happened. The game masters I was playing with, Eric Schaefer and the other guys, they were good. They, I always had a lot of fun. But I really wanted to do, I wanted a different type of thing to happen. I'm like, oh, I, I wish I could have more control over this thing. So there's a cool thing that could have happened. Eric doesn't like that. Or, oh, I didn't think he thought about it. And I bring it up to him. Oh, it would have been cool if you'd have done that. He'd be like, oh, yeah, that would have been cool. Didn't think about it. You know, so you have these ideas. And like, oh, I wish I could do this. And, um, I know enough about myself and my group that I'm like, huh, I bet you I could take what I want to do and make a thing that's going to function really well for my group. That's going to have the the right amount of crunch at the right parts where they like it. It's going to let me GM the way I like to without having to. All right. Yes, I know it has chase rules. I'm not using those chase rules. I'm using this. Yes, I know it does this for spell components, but I'm going to do this other thing. And then somebody's, well, that's not what the rules say. I was built my character based on those rules and blah, 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 which you run into. Um, And the other piece to me is like gamers are creative people. I'm a creative guy. You're a creative guy. Men and women listen to us. All the folks listen to us. They're very creative. A lot of good gamers out there. Um, Somebody sat down and looked at a uh, Jenga tower and said, you know what I could do? And they made Dread. You know, there's some really kick-ass gamers out there. 
making really cool products. Ten candles is great. Ten candles, yeah. yeah. Good, good sounding stuff. Really right. cool things. And what's interesting to me, I'll go to one of my points here, is that I'm not building this to sell it. And I think maybe this is a piece. Well, that's going to be one of my questions. I think this might be a piece that your buddy has, where you can build a system solely for yourself and your group's enjoyment, or just for your enjoyment. I build gaming worlds for fun. Our buddy VC Young makes fantasy maps for fun. It's relaxing for him, and he's really fucking good at it. He'll sit, he'll sit down, crank out a world map, and it looks just awesome. He's just good at it, and he loves to do it. There's no reason not to, other than work or time, but if it's a passion project and something you want to do, that's fine. I have no intention of saying, hey, I'm going to make this thing, and I really got to make sure it's marketable, man. I don't care. That's not its purpose. Now, yes, you might sell it later. And I've told this story before about Avalon, but I built that thing a wife and a life ago, man. That setting I built for me and my friends. And that's how it worked. And eventually I started playing with more people and I got outside perspectives from other other groups. Then I meet the Encoded Designs crew, start running that for them. Like, hey, have you ever thought about doing something with this? It'd be really cool. And I'll tell you, man, what it started out as and what is in the book are not exactly the same. You have to make concessions when you go to make something to sell. Oh, you shouldn't have let that cat out of the bag, Brett. That could have been the that could have been the unknown. That could have been unknown. the, yeah, the yeah. memoirs of Brett. He could have put <laughs> yeah. that in his that's, final works. And that's what that's what people cared about. Yeah. And look back upon. But copyright issues, right? I had mind flares. I use them uh, regularly. Yeah. Can't use mind flares. I can use brain gorgers. Brain gorgers, Alex, which are different, right? I can't do this. I have to do that if I use this. NPC name. I can't have Big B's whatever spell and then weave that into my world and sell that because that's intellectual property of somebody else. Dun, dun, dun. If I'm doing this for myself and my group, I steal anything I want to. It doesn't matter. No one's going to stop me. I'm not publishing it. I'm not, you know, selling copies of it. I'm not even putting it online, right? I'm positive. Yes, I know there's plenty of different rules, laws about what you can and can't do when it comes to printing stuff and sharing things and whatever. The point is, I'm not looking to sell it. Has, that has little to no interest to me. If after a while, something came up and somebody goes, oh, this is a lot of fun. I played it around and other people played it and said, wow, this is a lot of fun. Sure, why not? Jeff Goat and I have had a, excuse me, a running conversation over the last couple of years around an Appendix N type of thing that we thought would be kind of cool. And we just periodically, whenever we get a, whenever we get together, we say, man, wouldn't it be neat if, and we spitball ideas, and we just talk about stuff. A lot of my game everybody, Sean, you and I have done this. Man, I really wish, boy, you know, we could use, and we talk about this, all these house rules and the OSR, right? The joke is it's house rules as far as the eye can see, um, this codified. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing stopping you from doing the same. It's work. It's time and energy and effort to put into it. And of course, you're going to play it and you're probably, it's not going to be right the first time. There's going to be a bug or whatever. But frankly, that's no different than any other game I bought the first time I played it. It's been wrong and fucked up and I missed something or whatever because it's a new game system. But anyway, does that answer one of your questions to me there? I just, from a cell perspective, it just doesn't interest me. Yeah, it, yeah. I was gonna say, are you? Would you sell it though? Maybe at some point. 
I mean, this is not this is not my, a retirement fund. <laughs> no, I know that, <laughs> you know? but I know that you also. I, so I know the motivation, or I think I know the motivation, mm-hmm. and it's obviously not monetary gain. No, it's not. Shocker. Yeah, <laughs> that's just fun. Um, yeah, it's fun. Great. Um, well, I'll tell you what, oh, sorry, go on. I, I was going to say, and when you approach things in that particular way, it allows you to be. I think it it opens your perspective so much more. Not perspective; it opens the possibilities much greater than if you're doing it for anything else. So, for example, if you are going to need to sell so many copies, that's that's different. Like then there's a different motivation that comes out in how you do it. Also, you play test. Like a lot of the stuff where you just say, I'm going to do it as a passion project and it's going to be for me. And you know what? If I sell it, great. And if everybody likes it, great. And if they don't, I don't care because it's not for anybody else but you and maybe your group, right? Yeah. This is not, if I, if this doesn't work, Monty Cook Games is not out of investment. If this doesn't work, Steve Jackson didn't waste a whole bunch of development time. Right. If this doesn't work, I can scrap Rhyme and the Frost Maiden and do something else, right? I don't, I'm not, I don't have the same requirements to me at all. Right. But it also allows you creatively to to not have to adhere to feedback, good or bad. Honestly, no, absolutely. I think the other piece around that is that because, well, it's fun to do this stuff. Or at least it's fun for me. And I know somebody's going to say. Once I put it together, whatever, someone in my group will say, oh, this game already does that. I don't care. Someone's going to say, oh, the Savage Rolls does that thing when I talk about what it, you know, when I piece it together and I start talking about it. Oh, you could do that in Savage Rolls. You could do that. Uh Uh-huh. I know. I don't care. I don't want to do it there. I want to do it here. Right? D&D does Sharn pretty well. D&D does Eberron. Some would argue the contrary, but... There's an entire that that they it does it, but somebody argues to the contrary, and Christian Toronto says, "No, no, I, yeah. I bet you I could do it better over here." That's Christian Toronto's taste. It's a whole group of people's tastes, right? And what I'm getting at here is that building your own thing is not a lesser product or a lesser game because it isn't published. There are and continue to be this day other people who build games that they play with their friends, and that's just the game they play. My buddy, uh, John Franks, used to play AD&D. It was basically a first and a second edition AD&D mashup amalgamation with old school Arduin adventure shit dropped in there. All sorts of crazy ass stuff that John crammed in there. And then his buddy Boyd got involved and it was just a big communal thing. I have a two-sided, you know, pages and pages printout. I shit you not, it's like, it's two, three inches thick. It's just this freaking big. Three ring binder on my shelf that John gave me he goes, Hey, I finally put this all together. Clunk. There's no one's gonna buy that. No one's gonna read that book. It's crazy. But that's what he does. You're gonna play in John's world. Clunk. Use this. It's all referenceable. You figure it out. And there's nothing it doesn't have to be official to be fun. It doesn't have to say Wizards of the Coast on the side. It doesn't have to say Monty Cook Games. It doesn't have to say anything like that for it to be a damn good game. It doesn't have to say encoded designs on the side or, you know. Anything, evil hat. It, it can be whatever. It could be a damn good game, and your friends and you can have fun playing it. it. I know. I want to have something 
that flows exactly the way I want it to flow, that the way I like to game master, the way I like to do skill checks, the way I want to do all of that stuff works unilaterally every time. And I think I can do that, or at least it's worth a shot. It'll be fun. Be fun to try it. And I think there's, for me, it's, it's interesting because I know what my players like to do. And I start, we start talking about, Hey, we want to modify this. We want to modify it. We're modifying the shit out of every game we buy, dude. 5e, someone goes, Hey, let's play it with the gritty options now. Okay. Hey, there's a hit chart. Oh, Hey, there's lasting injuries. Oh, Hey, there's this the back of the DMG has a bunch of optional rules which are mods to the game. Yes, I did read that part. <laughs> there's there's honor, there's horror, um, all that stuff is in there, you know, um, sanity checks and stuff is in is in the 5e uh, Dungeon Master's Guide. And there's lots of optional rules and things that people muck around with and, oh, hey, they put out this new adventure and now they've got new uh, new rules for this. Oh, Mordenkainen's tome has this, oh, yeah, there's a new rule for how spells can function in this other book for Savage Worlds or whatever. And there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to take some, some of the stuff and put it together yourself to codify it. I just think it'd be fun to put something together and say, this does everything I want it to do. I, I don't, I, the other thing I don't, I used to believe that I can't do this yet because I haven't played enough games, haven't read enough games. I need to know all this stuff. And I think that's true. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's true, but I understand why somebody would think that way. Yeah. My question to you, Brett, is how do you think that process of you doing your own system is different than how you tackled Streets of Avalon? I don't think it's very different, really. It's it's more it's mechanical more than it is. It's a slightly different end goal, right? But at the end of the day, I'm like, look, I want to make sure that thieves work in this format. I want skill checks to function like this. I want weapon proficiencies to function like this. I want the spells to do this thing. And I need to make sure that I've written it in such a way that it makes sense, bullet pointed out, and that's easily referenceable. And the other piece is that I'm not writing this for anyone to consume but my friends and I. Right? So I'm like, hey. One of the things I've learned with my crew is that if I say, this is how combat works, they don't need an explanation of swords flashing in the moon, this, that, and the other thing, da 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 These are some of the types of fights you can have in a game of Dungeons & Dragons. The next 52 pages will explain to you how to run a combat set. I don't need any of that shit. All the flavor is gone. <laughs> All that crap is out. This is like, how's the turn system work? It goes bam, 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 bam. It's a chart. It's a list. It's a bullet point. Do that. So I may be oversimplifying it and I might get into it and go, oh my God, this is a lot more complicated, blah, blah, blah. But again, I know what I know what I want it to do. So I think I think by going at it, it's going to be not easier, but it'll have the similar type of approach that I did for Avalon. I'm capturing the stuff that I know I need to have as Avalon grew and became something I wanted to share outwards to somebody else was to start working with encoded like hey we could do something this could be really fun other people would enjoy this and i'm like oh great if other people enjoy it they want to help great well to do that then you need to add the other stuff i would add color and flavor to avalon as needed 
as we went on and developed it. I listened to uh, Ed Greenwood talk a few times. We had a chance to interview him, and I've talked to him other times. And you read other interviews and things he's done. The Fratton Realms was done much the same way. I know from what I've heard of people, um, Greyhawk and even other worlds, they developed this way. You know, you, you've got a place where things happen, and it works to tell the story, and then things get bolted on and added on, and they, and they change. And I think if the if a system were to have to then be digested by somebody other than me and my eight closest friends that play all the time. Yeah. You'd have to modify it <laughs> to be able to account for that. But otherwise I don't, I don't think uh, the process will be that much more difficult. It'll just, what I want to do is, like I said, I know the, the flavor and the pieces I want to keep and just make sure that they're easy to read. Now you lists. You know, one through five type of thing. Does that make sense or am I totally... So many questions I have, Brett. So many questions. Well, hit me. We got time. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sean. I'm one of the hosts <laughs> of Gaming and BS. Today, I bring you Brett. Some idiot who wants to make a game. I bring you Brett, who is undergoing uh, the development of a new RPG system. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hey, Sean. So, Brett... You mentioned your game group and doing this system for you and them, and 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 if the masses want to enjoy it and you put it out there, great. So, would you, you know? There's a couple ways you could take it, right? There's some yeah. folks and some publishers that start out kind of from scratch. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna just all the games, all the things we've done, we're just gonna set them aside, and then we're gonna come to the table with a clear mind on what we want to do and how we want to tackle it." And then there are some folks that come up with a particular system and they kind of model it after something that exists, right? They take mm-hmm. uh, maybe a, a, a clone of D&D or D&D itself, something OGL, maybe take components of that and model their games after it. What, did, what would your approach be with that, Brett? Just well, I as it, it's, it's, uh, now, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we <laughs> have to understand that this is a very, 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 very initial stages, right? Yeah, Just I'm more of an idea. Uh, I'm going to cannibalize living shit out of stuff. Are you? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> There's no reason not to. There's certain pieces sure. that I'm I'm like, oh, I really like this thing from the Black Hack. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't like this other thing, though. But this piece I really like. So I'm going to keep that. Right. So I think at some point, my son and I were talking about it today in our walk and on our drive to Michigan and back this last weekend. Like, hey, there's ideas, there's options. I said, oh, I know this, 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 and this. I also know my friends and I used to do this thing, you know, for skill checks or how we did spell components or how we did this piece or uh, this thing I did in Vampire, love the merits and flaws approach for character backgrounds and all this stuff. There's no reason I can't take that and make it work over here in this fantasy setting. Huh. I bet you I could do that. So let's take the concept of merits and flaws from the original World of Darkness games and take that and tear apart my D&D races and say, okay, there's a plus two constitution. There's like, you know, physical merits and flaws. There are, instead of racial adjustments and stuff, just break that piece off of it completely and just chunk it into different merits, flaws, categories. You point by your way through it. You can get different bonuses and cool things. Huh, okay, I bet you I could do something like that. So it's kind of taking the concepts from other things that I've always liked and that I know my friends have always enjoyed, like feats. The guys love that shit. How do I take that and simplify it? Because I don't like the complexity 
of some of the crazy ass rules with it. What can I do to keep feats, options, things like that that allow the players to personalize their characters? Well, okay, set that aside. I have to have some sort of feats type of approach and so on. But it's taking the themes, matching them up, and then trying to figure out how they're all going to connect. Probably have to file some serial numbers off and, you know, weld some shit together. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm pretty sure something original will come up as I go along. Like, hey, I want to melt these two things. Boy, I don't think I've seen that before. Somebody's probably done it before. Don't really care. But if it's new to me, it'll probably be new to my friends. <laughs> it'll just be different. So, does that make sense? It does. Would you... Now, I know this. there's a difference between setting it... Associating it with a setting mm-hmm. and associating it with a genre... Are you, would you do either one? It's not going to be generic, right? That's the question. No, 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 no. I want it to be, um, I like fantasy gaming. Uh, Swords and sorcery, swords and wizardry, dungeons and dragons. That's my, I love that. That space is my jam. I like the, um, I want to do, I think it'd be cool if I made something that was like, wow, this is, this really perfectly captures the way my team likes to run Avalon. The way we really play there, that would be great. I think I can make... What I want to be able to do is when I'm running um, a fantasy game, a D&D game, that this is going to do exactly what I want it to do. With all the right pieces and parts. Uh, do, you know what that, gonna, do you know what that is? What, what do you mean? When you say, I, 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 I want, it's going to do what I want it to do. Do you know what that is? What is it that you want it to do? Yeah, I want to have core mechanics drive... At like everything possible. The ju- okay, so the core mechanics and so I want to make sure I talk. You don't about want that any subsystems, yeah. Not unless I absolutely positively have to. But like, what can I? Is it? Can I get away without having tiny mini game subsystems? Can I get away without that? Because I don't like them. I like to get rid of them and do it this other way. I want to make sure that it's got the. Uh, How do I say this? So the skill check stuff we just talked about, you know, if it's not interesting, why are you rolling? You know, all that, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, Sean, for the last six years, like, hey, this is good practice. Other people say, yeah, that's a good game master thing to do. Even if the rules don't say only roll the dice, if there's a chance that failure becomes interesting, why not just make that part of it? A lot of it's taking... The things, the themes, the tools, the stuff I do, and just making it quote unquote official in a document so people understand it. Because part of the challenge with home, home rules, we've talked about this before too, is if you homebrew something and you modify something and you don't document that thing and you don't keep it consistent, two sessions later, somebody's like, wait a minute, last time we did a swimming check for drowning, it was like twice your con divided by. Do your hat size? What? Why, we're not doing that anymore. No, I read yeah. the rule, so we're not doing the hat size thing. Now it's uh, now it's your 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 wife's shoe size on her left foot. Or Pro- I don't fucking probably know. don't want to do size of anything when it comes. No, to no, not good. <laughs> no, not I good. <laughs> not good. There's the, there's the bar. Like yeah, whoop, pluck that off of there. Yeah, I don't want so <laughs> no sizing, but I want like my my core mechanic to do to do the work. I want to I want to um, I want to have the flexibility. But I also don't want it to be so goddamn crunchy it's unplayable at certain levels and stuff. I mean, you talk about like Pathfinder First Edition, which my 
group generally really likes. But everybody's like, 12th level? Out. Too much. Can't handle the book work anymore. They love everything up until that point, right? One of the things that my group really misses is the old school D&D piece where it took wizards a long time to get powerful. Fighters they, were tougher. They like that creep. They like the creep where the wizard like survive, 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 survive. Badass motherfucker. They love that. That's a, that's a thing the guys <laughs> like. like. Okay, cool. I like. I don't mind that either. That's that's something cool to me. There's there's stuff that we talk about like oh this this new version doesn't have this thing. Oh, I remember this. Oh, I have that. Yeah, I like this thing from this other game. I want to pull that stuff together, right? But I still want it to be solvable by the core mechanic. It's, I mean, this is like early pre-stages, but... Oh, yeah, it's, it's totally early. <laughs> yeah, Complete, very, very, very early. Very yeah. early. This is like notes. <laughs> At this uh -huh. point, like, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this. Can I make this work? I might abandon the fucking thing. Like, three months in, go, wow, that's a lot of work. Screw it. I'm not doing that. Again, I don't, I don't have a deadline that I have to have this thing made by, right? That to is early, true. To your earlier point, I'm 20 not... 20 years in the making. <laughs> well... Coming Avalon. to you live in VR TV. Avalon was like 15, man. Well, yes. Different, again. Yeah. And I, you can certainly take as much as you want with the, the approach that you take. I'm interested to see if it does come to fruition, some of the way you tackle some of those fiddly bits, because like feet trees and stuff like that can be... Mm -hmm. There's power creep usually. That's why oh, yeah. people like the feet trees. Yep. The one thing I like about Star Wars Fantasy Fight games is you you will pay for those talents, and they are essentially feats. But the nice thing about them is they just add a die, or they take a die away, or if it's this situation, it adds two dice or one yep. dice. So there is a bit of a ooh, if I can just like follow this tree this way and this way and get these three things. I will be able to add two dice. So the creep is mild, but it's still effective, and it gives a little a little tasty, tasty oh, yeah. for the players yeah. to you know, grab onto. Response, right? Yeah, yeah, I oh, think, totally. I think one of the cool things about that system, when I played it with you, is that I, I recall the core mechanic is gather up the different colored dice with the funky symbols and roll them. Yeah. That's the core mechanic. That's it. That's Everything for else. a lot of things. Yeah. Chases... Yeah, Melee, it's like ro social. I, that once I got in that groove, I'm like, "Ooh, I love this." Yeah, and I like my group knows out of the game system that if you narrate cool shit for Brett, you get bonuses. If you tell people at my table, even though I've been gaming with these jokers for almost thirty years, sometimes you say, "Hey guys, remember how we always do that?" It's a thing now, like totally for sure. You can do that, and you're going to get something for it. I've done that with other game systems, um, like in Amber, when I run Amber. Amber's all narrative. If you don't narrate shit, you, you lose. I mean, that's just how that works. It's all about narration and positioning and, and so forth. I, I want to get my, my group over towards that end of what we like to do, away from a roll to hit, I did six damage. 19, does that hit him? Okay, did six damage. I want to get away from that. And I think some some of this is simply going to be 
from my home group saying, guys, remember the thing we've always said? Yeah, do that. <laughs> and sometimes writing it down, I'm going to have somebody who won't read the goddamn thing you put together anyway. But I, th I think it's, like I said, it might be just, you know, 25 plus years of my gaming group's house rules all crammed into something, which is totally fine. But codifying it, making it into make it into a referenceable document that my crew and I can look at and say, this is how we do this. I think it'll be fun. And yeah, it's a fancy heartbreaker type of thing. I really don't care. Again, it's just, it'll be fun to do. I think I've, I've met very few gamers who at some point haven't done design work somehow mechanically, even if all you're doing is house ruling or tinkering on the edges or, hey, I've added in a rule for you know, how spell components fail, or I've added in a rule for to help make survival cooler. You're designing stuff, man. That's what you're doing. Now it's just a matter of, I want to take it up a notch and craft this thing that I think is going to, if you play it with me, then the way that Brett likes to game master, the rules will flow with it. And it won't feel like I had to hand wave something. It won't feel like, oh, Brett's not using this piece of Trail of Cthulhu because he either A forgot, B doesn't like it, or it's just, it, it doesn't, eh, shit, whatever. We couldn't figure it out, so we just hand-waved it. We'll, we'll reread that rule later. No, granted, Trail of Cthulhu's not that hard. But, you know, the first time I read through Delta Green, I'm going through it. We had some downtime to go through, and it was, we fucked up the first time we did downtime. Shit. So I went back next time, reread it, said, sorry, guys, we re messed up downtime. Let's do it this way. It's not hard, but that type of thing happens. And what I want to be able to do is to take those cool components that I really like. Again, this is how I game master. If I'm doing it, I just want this thing to happen, utilizing this type of mechanical support structure so that I can do what I like to do. In my group, unless they've been lying to me for almost 30 years, like what I do, <laughs> which would be a long, that'd be a long con. No, boy, that'd be, boy, that would make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> That'd probably break me right down. But I th um, anyway, I think they'll like it because it's how they like to play. Because we've, talk we've talked about it for years. Why don't we like this game? Well, so-and-so likes running it, and I can see that, but I just can't make the character I like. Uh-huh. That's because it doesn't have this feature for you, Zave, or whatever the case is. That makes sense, Sean? Yeah, my, my only, well, my biggest Word of caution, maybe not even word of caution, and and maybe just... Gamer, gamer police, pull me over. Well, there is the gamer police, <laughs> and 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 it could be just undercover gamer police. Could be, yes. Where you come up with something and it's, well, that's just like this, or hey, you should have just did it this way, or how many people can you make happy? Like, I think that if you made a game system, even for your own game group, you're going to miss the mark. Somebody in that group is going to go, eh, I wouldn't have I done it that way. Oh, yeah. I would have probably done look. it this way. But I, the beautiful part is I've known these guys for almost 30 years. I like, fuck off. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I did this. You're like it. Do it yourself. There's plenty in the RPG industry. <laughs> who also do the same thing. <laughs> kind of take that approach as well. Uh, and honestly, there's and a, sometimes think, they have to, actually. Well, I think, I think John Wick and other people have said this, too. I can't remember if Greg Stafford even said this. He probably did. But like at the end of the day, you're making a game. Monty Cook made Invisible Sun because it's something he wanted to make. I, I do not know of a huge zeitgeist in the gaming community, at least, and if there was, I'm just flat out unaware of it, that said, 
we really need this big fucking box full of shit to play with. We have to have this, right? No one did that. Not that I'm aware of. You know, when Badalyn Grimm shows up and says, hey, if we can sucker Brett to buy this huge tier of Rhyme of the Frostman, he'll get all these cool toys. The It's neat, right? But it's, and somebody's like, oh, that's dumb. Yeah, that's fine. You know, someone in my own group, no matter what game you run, somebody's like, oh, I don't like that. It's funny. I've, we've had this argument in my group where someone will say, I don't like point buy for D&D characters, for stats. And I say, why? We can't get heroic characters that way. My response is, your idea of heroism and mine are two totally different things. After the game, having a beer, we talk about it. I'm like, look, you think heroic means superhero. 17s, 18s, nothing less than a 15 anywhere on your stat. I see a fighter with a 10 strength holding the line against the ogre so that you guys can get something done. That is heroic. That's tough. That's badass, right? Running into a fight, you're pretty sure you can win all the time. Eh. So again, no, but that doesn't make his vision wrong. I tell him that. Dave, love you. I don't agree with that. You see my side. I do see yours. And both are equally fun. You know. But the other component is sometimes when you bring something to the table. I've run a lot of toolkit games. Uh, toolbox games like D&D. And even Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu. They're, they can be kind of toolkitty. And this is a more curated Brett experience, if you will. Like, look, this is how I'm doing this. So instead of modifying the shit out of the game so it fits the setting I've built, you know, instead of taking D&D 5e, chop, 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 here, now it fits Avalon. Just go, here's this. I know it fits because I made it to do that. Eh, it could be horribly poorly received. I could run it. I could have eight guys look at me and go, what the <laughs> fuck? They'll be what? nice. And I don't know uh, if that's I don't know if that's necessarily possible. And the reason I say that is because you're <laughs> oh, you're oh, doing. It is. Well, I love these guys. It is possible. I but love. You're them, doing but. parts and pieces of of whatever you're running now, and you're kind of ad hoc bolting things on and bolting, you know, taking unbolting things from mm -hmm. whatever. So I I don't think you have to worry about complete and utter failure. No. Right, well, you're not going to roll out. Hey, guess know. what? I, guess, guess you're not going to roll out fatal to these guys. No, hell no. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. And but people might say, "Oh, that was fun." No, nah, I still like this other thing better. Okay, cool, whatever. It's something I want to try. I figure there's there's no harm, no foul. Gamers are creative. Why not create something? That's cool to do. And if you, I think if you look at it from me, I don't have to sell this thing. This isn't my retirement fund. I'm not going to. I don't expect to have a booth at GaryCon or virtual GaryCon or virtual whatever con or real life con when we get back to those to sell this thing. I don't. I don't care. No, I just, but I, I just want to have something. It'd be. Cool. I do think that it would be kind of cool, even under our own Patreon or your or your own, to set it up and and well, you know, there's authors that go, "Hey, I'm going to write a book, and if you're a Patreon at this level, I write a chapter, you get it." For like free. Here oh, totally. Go. I think right. it, it would be fun because I look at our, our community. If I run it, I told AJ looked at me today walking. He goes, Can Ilana and I play? So, of course, you're going to play it. 
is if you guys want to try it, it'd be great to see because they have a very open perspective of what's a new thing. They they don't have the years and years of gaming. Yeah, they're not jaded. <laughs> they're totally not jaded. They're not at all. <laughs> they just they're just learning stuff that their old man does wrong at this point. They're all getting older. Um, anyway, but I love the the gaming BS community is such that if I said, "Hey, I'd like to run, I'd like to run this and just see if anybody, I want to run a fight. I'm going to give you some character sheets and we're going to try this." I am positive. So I'm like, I'll try that. Papa Swick hops on there. He goes, well, well, Brett, I see what you're trying to do. But man, let me tell you, you know, because we've gotten some great creative, creative feedback, constructive feedback, some really good information. We have some really kick-ass. Uh, we jokingly call my buddy Alpha the uh, Alpha Namicon because he's a resident rules lawyer because he just knows all this stuff. It's just, he has it. He's really good. He reads the thing. He can tear it apart. We got guys in our community, not like, <laughs> not that the old school DMs got time to read my my dog roll and make sense of it, but we have people in our community, a lot of the people with us that are really smart, love tearing through that stuff. Yeah, I'd be happy to share, you know, if it gets to a point. It's going to take some time. I just started um, over the weekend crafting notes today over lunch. I sat, cut, paste, cut, paste, drag, pull together, modify, build a chart or two. Does that, you know. It's fun. It's fun to do because you feel like you're building something. And the other thing, the other draw to this, honestly, Sean, is my day job. I'm an IT director. I don't build shit. <laughs> you know, sometimes you walk away from a day. Even when I was a project manager, you can walk away. Man, I moved that data center. That's cool. That's one of the reasons like, I like infrastructure for IT. But man, sometimes you sit in meetings all day. You're like, what'd you do today? I, 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 don't, I don't know what I did. <laughs> the day job. Unless, of course, you are some type of artist, usually sucks the creativity right out of you, especially if you're working for a, a, a big corporation where ideas are fine, but if you're not in the right spot, it's they're just not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's hard to be the same level of wicked creative that we can all do, right? right? Right, And I think that's one of the coolest parts about this hobby. And that's why when Matt Above was saying, hey, he's cutting his teeth on 5e, that's so cool. We see somebody who's that charmed with the hobby because it's fucking cool. And without this creative outlet, man, I think I'd go nuts. Oh, no question. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand how people, I mean, creativity is a whole nother topic altogether. And I, I frankly wish I had found ways to be more creative sooner. Like, I think right now I feel compelled to be more creative. I, you know, the YouTube channel, this podcast, um, running games, I, I think for whatever reason, I just find it interesting and it's the creative process no matter what it is like if it's just hey i'm gonna draw a map on a post-it note or whatever it is that's why i'm like man just create something even if it if it's not taking quiltings i don't know anything it's we look at yeah i mean i, I absolutely agree i don't i don't know a better way to say it i absolutely agree with you because and if nothing else this is a piece at a certain point i've been messing around and the more again looking back and we talk gm styles I look back over the last 300 episodes and say, wow, I have been, a lot of the advice that we've thrown out there is shit that you and I have learned how to do. And we'll say, hey, here's a really good idea. For example, we'll throw out, hey, instead of killing that character outright, look at that person in the eye and say, I'll let your thief live, but I'm going to break your magic sword. And now Angela's got to make a decision. Shit. Do I, does he break my magic sword or do I go to zero hit points? 
because that's the sword that she's got, right? That's the one her dad gave her or whatever. They care, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's all in care. That, that could be a big thing. We can talk. We've talked about that. That type of damage the gear, not the character. We've talked about that. We've all this cool shit we've, we've talked through. And I'm like, man, if I just glean through the last 300 episodes and pull out some of the gems of the shit I really, really like, scrape the diamonds back together and say, wow, I could plunk that in here and make that part of the combat system. That would be cool. Because there are times, believe it or not, when you're running and, again, you fall back into a rut of a sort. Like, oh, I forgot I was going to modify and tell them that this time in Pathfinder I was going to break their shield, sunder their armor or their sword, and not kill them. Oh, I was going to, you know, shoot the engines and not disable the whole, or just disable the ship and not blow it up or something, blah, 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 blah. If you put it in someplace and you write it down, it becomes the reference, then it becomes easier to use that cool stuff all the time. At least that's a hope. And maybe this is just me codifying all these cool thoughts that we've had for the last, what, six years, Sean? I'm trying to codify this shit and just saying, hey, this is the some of the stuff I thought was really cool. I want to make sure I do this stuff all the time. Well, now that we have 300 plus episodes out the door, it's time to make the big reveal. It's the end of the adventure, <laughs> and you find yourself listening to a podcast. And all this time, it's because we wanted to gather all this information. And we're so going to make one mega system. Can build the ultimate role-playing game! Yeah, this was a very, it's a very long con, Sauron-esque thing where we basically learn the the art of ring of game making and design from all of you we've now stolen it we'll build our own and we'll now rule <laughs> anyway that's so we'll wrap this crap up here so folks if anybody else out there has done this if you dabbled with it have you ever played one i'd be interested to see two people like yeah i've tried five of those made it for myself game boy do they suck i, I have no idea or maybe somebody out there's got a really good story or whatever goes on. I mean, you you talk to game designers, people who make like Blue, Bluebeard's Bride, and uh, and a lot of that cool shit. They're like, "Wow, this was a cool thing they thought of." I don't even have to be. It doesn't have to be that cutting edge. Oh my god, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. I'm just curious. What have other people done? If somebody thinks I'm crazy, feel free to tell me. That's fine. I'm married. I got five kids. Somebody thinks I'm crazy all the time. I'm cool with it. But anyway. Sean, we good, man? Yeah, man, we're good, dude. All right, let's go on a die roll. Enough Stay about. tuned for Brett's future role-playing <laughs> game system coming to you. Prepare in, to be. In the future. Prepared to say, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this. Or it it's looks like just that. like this. If only, he would, if only he would have bought this game. <laughs> Brett reinvents the wheel. Brett <laughs> reinvents this thing that 800 people have already done, you dumb shit. Yeah, I, could, I mean, that's all possible. Ah, whatever. Moving on. It'll Die be roll. an interesting thought process nonetheless. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah, worth, it's yeah. worth trying. Fuck it. Yeah. Ah. Oh, Die roll. Right. Die roll. Die roll. roll. Let's get roll. into Die roll. Roll them dice, Junior. Die roll. D 2d4 miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to bring to you. Got four this week. Uh, first one want to put out there, uh, Ray Otis supporter of the show BSer. um i think did our zip zacks logo zip zip logo logo you can't probably make yeah. it out of there but um he's got his own his own podcast he he 
posted something on her forums, very flattering, uh, appreciates uh, the show. But also, he has his own show, Plundergrounds. So we'll have a link to his show uh, where you can get it Apple or Google or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Check it out. Um, I know that Ray has always had a preference to some of the older school games. So uh, if you find that kind of to your liking, check it out regardless. Uh, might be something you like. Second one, a Dungeon Scrawl. Dungeon Scrawl is a mapping tool developed by Kier. Um, thanks, Joe Swick, for pointing that out on the forums. I think Brett saw it on there. He's probably forgotten it. It's like no. a, it looks like a, a web-interfaced Photoshop, like a very yeah, it's, easy it's cr- interface Yeah, it's to make kinda, dungeons. It, it feels like, boy... I don't think I could ever do what Dice and Logos does. I wonder if there's a cheap-ass way to do it. Bing. <laughs> That's what it feels like. I haven't played enough with it, though, but it looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, number three, 2020 Any Award Voting is now open. So if you have not tuned in to one of your favorite Any Award-nominated products, shows, things. Appendix, Appendix N, Appendix N. Appendix N podcast. Yes, we mentioned that. Sounds like Brett has a preference to who he's voting in the favorite podcast. Done. I know. So Vote vote early, vote often. (laughs) Just like they do in Chicago, people. Just vote early, vote often. It's okay. Vote early, vote often. The only caveat is you can't vote from the same IP address. So you got to go to work, vote, go to home, vote. Phone vote. It's all good. You can figure this out. Yeah. We don't want to tell you how to vote. Well, we just got banned from ever trying to get an any. <laughs> we don't want to s- tell you how to do it. We're just saying it's possible to do we're it. Doing the, yeah, yeah we're, we're going to win a fucking any, dude. That's going to happen. Uh, we got to yeah. just remember to submit ourselves, apparently. <laughs> just, every, every year, like, someone, someone, a, a very kind, wonderful listener, usually points out, oh, oh, I was hoping to see you guys there. And we always have to you say- You can nominate us, by the way. Yeah, I, I was just saying. I, uh, I forgot to, forgot to submit. <laughs> Does that's it take our, us to submit it? But anyways, I was saying that's that's still our story. We're sticking right. to it. Carry on. Uh, so go ahead and do that. And then the last but not least, map of the Sword Coast. I saw on Reddit. Uh, Joe Swick also posted this in our forums. I did not download it. It's on Google Docs, but I think somebody redid. I don't know if they redid. They drew it uh, to make it look a little bit better. And so it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Sweet. Sword Coast, yay, Forgotten Realms. That's Sean's over-enthusiasm about the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> I don't... I like my Forgotten Realms first edition, man. It's not my setting. It's just not my jam. I never sunk my teeth into it. I still... I mean, I got the 3.0 book. I got the box set, but... No, you got it, like, old, go old, old school. Oh, I got the it, box like, set. First edition. First edition box set? Yeah, well, yeah. With the you guy want, on want, the horse? Yeah, you, you want to sell that? Just if you got the box. You don't have it? Seriously? I have it. I don't have the box anymore if you're willing to part with that. Um, well, I might have to talk. I don't know. It's I just sitting that. on my shelf. I doubt I'll ever use it. I should probably just uh, give it to you. I love you, Sean. I love yeah, you. Just, just if I haven't said that. <laughs> give it to Brett when he, hey, I'll swap you. That new RPG system for, you know, <laughs> ah, box. Crap. <laughs> first edition ADD box set of Forgotten Realms. All right. All right, so that's been this episode of Gaming NBS. Thanks to everybody that's tuned in to Twitch and Discord. We record here on Twitch every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Tune in. This will also be going up to YouTube, so if you see it there, subscribe below. We'll put the die rolls in the, the, sh- the notes as well. Brett, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to talk about monsters as monsters. We'll leave that there. 
Well, people noodle on that for a bit. Sean, the notes are out there. You'll see what I'm talking about. Just leave it as that. Monsters is monsters. Yeah. They could have the title may change, folks, before we get to the well, next That's true. Piece. We do well, often tweak the title because all of them are, We're gonna talk about monsters, basically. Monsters. Yeah. We haven't done that in a while. We're gonna pull them back. Wow, that's fantastic. I thought you'd like it. All right. Well, we'll sign off. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night. Good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following producers of the show. Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Brian Kurtz, Matt Cyberlick, Corey Welch, Ed Knights, Ghost GM, Jay Plata, Aaron Raylia, George Sedgwick, Adam Grote, John Phil McClory, Jared Rasher, Dollar Adventure Frameworks, Jason Weeb, Eric Frank House Presents, Daniel Garrett, Jim Ingram, Curtis Hinson, Rory Weston, Mike Hess Jr., Ron Blessing, Mark Soam, Hus Carl, Eric Tavola, Henry Newcomb, Melissa Vyshinsky, Harrigan, David F. Baylog, Andy Hall, Rich Wishon, Brian Rumble, Jeff Goad, Niall Diamond, Corey Gonzalez, John Kayward, Jeff Seifert, Andy Olson, Old School DM, Erica Villa, Perry Besor, Laramie Wald, Curtis Takahashi, Robert Nemeth, Eric Salzweedel, Angus, Josh Wallace, Howard Bishop, Craig, Roger Braslett, Sky, Chad Gleyman, Thomas Hook, Ron Bishop, Larry Hout, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Jim Fitzpatrick, The Closet Gamer, Finolf, Craig Huber, C.W. Mellencamp, Dan LaValle, Eileen Barnes, Brandon Barnes, Pierre Mongrel, Wayne Humfleet, Marco Froelich, Mark Tasaka, Jason Hobbs, Chris Steele, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Joe Swick, Stefan Dragonspawn, and Ray Otis. Hey, thank you, everyone. Hey, and if you've liked what you've heard in this episode, do us a favor and let somebody know. Tell them to head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash subscribe or have them pull us up on their favorite podcatcher of choice. Thanks, BSers. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.